What does it mean to be American? And is it possible for Americans to unite in a common cause unrelated to war or terrorism? This next title unabashedly points to a vision for the best of all possible worlds. Welcome to Audiobook Reviews in 5. This is Jana, also known as Jana. And in today's episode, I'm reviewing A Promised Land, written and read by Barack Obama. No matter where you stand on the political spectrum, there's no denying that Barack Obama's speeches and writing convey a sense of dignity and decorum that stands in stark contrast to that of most politicians in recent memory. True, Obama most definitely benefits from media and editing expertise, but his thoughtful communication style and pragmatic optimism inspire me especially compared to the simpering folksiness of so many leaders on both the left and right who boast of their simple ways as they pander to populist ideologies. Now, I'm Canadian and I live in Canada, so although I have an outsider's perspective, I found myself, like many of my fellow citizens, sometimes reluctantly, albeit emotionally, invested in American politics. In the infamous words of the late Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau to Richard Nixon, quote, Living next to you is in some ways like sleeping with an elephant, no matter how friendly and even-tempered is the beast, if I can call it that, one is affected by every twitch and grunt, unquote. That's why what I appreciate most about Obama's audiobook, which he narrates beautifully, is the recap of recent historic events reframed with an intimate perspective of what it's like to be part of a conversation between powerful yet idiosyncratic leaders whose decisions will ultimately impact billions of people. Obama shares behind-the-scenes conversations around the Affordable Care Act, military deployment in the Middle East, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, Wall Street reform, the repeal of the don't ask, don't tell policy, and he sketches entertaining interactions between himself and other world leaders, notably Angela Merkel, Nicolas Sarkozy, and Hu Jintao. Apparently, the leader of China preferred to rifle through stacks of pre-written responses to any topic of conversation Obama raised, even as he sat across from him speaking face-to-face. Some reviewers of this book claim that Obama reveals a more personal side of himself here, but I still sensed a great deal of restraint and a strategic storytelling for the sake of posterity and perhaps privacy too. I admire Obama's reserve in our current climate of oversharing and outrage, but perhaps I'm in a minority of people who don't believe that political leaders ought to sound like potential drinking buddies. Instead, I prefer leaders who rely on qualified expertise and prove their credibility with composure, compassion, and a knack for building consensus. As the central theme of the book, Obama's unwavering vision of American exceptionalism isn't new. It's been a feature of his rhetoric since he entered politics, but it's significant that he doesn't overtly define what it is not. This open-ended approach undoubtedly helped him win votes, 
But the term American exceptionalism also has a long and convoluted history. It's been used by American leaders and thinkers as shorthand for radically divergent ideas, including Christian manifest destiny, rugged individualism, freedom, anti-globalist isolationism, egalitarianism, and undisputed military might. And this last idea of military might is what Obama seems most conflicted about. Critics of this book have pointed out the lack of detail regarding Obama's drone warfare. According to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, there were 10 times more airstrikes in the covert war on terror during the Obama presidency than under his predecessor, George W. Bush. But this is glossed over to some extent in the promised land. Whether these actions are justified remains unexamined here. Reflecting on the successful mission to capture Osama bin Laden, Obama recalls the underlying theme of his statement to the press, quote, as a nation, we are still capable of achieving great things, unquote. And adding that for the first time in my presidency, we didn't have to sell what we'd done. But looking forward, he reveals his uncertainty over whether it's possible to unite Americans around a common purpose that's unrelated to either killing a terrorist or military action. What if, Obama wonders, the U.S. government brought the same level of expertise and determination to educating children or housing the homeless or applied the same persistence to reducing poverty or greenhouse gases? If his own staff see these ideas as impossibly utopian, how could his presidency live up to his vision? The best response to these questions is also, for me, the most memorable line of this 29-hour listen. Obama recalls his thoughts and feelings after winning the 2009 Nobel Peace Prize, musing over all the work that lies ahead, thinking to himself, quote, Whatever you do won't be enough, I heard their voices say. Try anyway. Unquote. For me, this line summarizes Obama's enduring appeal and influence beyond borders and beyond presidential terms. It's too soon to say how history will judge his actions, but if his words hold any lasting power, I hope they will inspire more people to find common cause with those they disagree with. We could all use more of that. That's all for this episode of Audiobook Reviews in 5. Thanks for listening. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe to Audiobook Reviews in 5 on Anchor, Apple Music, Spotify, and many others. By subscribing, you help increase the profile of this podcast and chances of other listeners like you finding it. I look forward to checking in with you all again soon. Please stay safe and be well.